0: Welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyway Connections. My name is Chris. Like always, I'm here with my two co-hosts, Joe and a Sharp. Joe, can you go ahead and introduce our new guest for the day?
1: Hey, for our guest today is one and only Ricky Nick- Nicholas from 24-7 Hunt. He's on the show with us to talk about being in the service, hunting, you know, just chasing them waterfowl all over the place. Hey, Ricky, how you doing today?
2: Man, I'm I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you being on. Yes, sir So, you know,
1: I always get it started with all of our guests And How was your season this year?
2: Season was good, man It was a, a interesting season We hunted in a lot of new conditions, new environments New water levels, uh, drought conditions Just a year of learning, man But overall, it was good We had some early success Got slow in the middle and then some late season success But overall, real good year, man Learned a lot
1: yeah, it seemed like because you hunt over in the um the basin a lot, right?
2: Man, to be honest, I hadn't made a single hunt in the basin. Oh, really? <laughs> Not a single hunt. And, and, I, and if y'all want to start nasty rumors, if y'all think those greenheads, oh man, in the basin, we can say it. <laughs> oh man, we can say it, but I don't. I don't. I think the cages out here know better, man. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah we uh, yeah, yeah down here because we hunt in um the southwest Louisiana area around the Hackberry and um. In uh, Lagosin area a lot, and then uh, we'll hunt a little bit out out here in uh, Catahoula. And yeah, yeah, we okay. ain't, yeah. I mean, you no, know, we 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 call them um, Lake Charles mallards, but the only greenheads we're getting is some spoonbills.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's funny, dude. Lake Charles So for the world, they don't know what Lake Charles mallards are. mean, they're gonna have to come to Lake Charles, really. We'll <laughs> <that>. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I used to hunt in the basin here and there, man. When I was kind of Cutting my public land teeth, and dude, if I hunted the basin and seen a wood duck, I was in good spirits. Yeah, take much back. So, how about you guys, man? Um, Y'all had a pretty good season.
1: Man, my season was so it was weird down here. I hunted Southwest Louisiana, so you know when we opened up with the teal season, like teal season was was spectacular. We had a real good teal season this year. Then it kind of tapered out on the ducks down here in southwest Louisiana. Uh I mean I, I had to go I did a couple out of state hunts that really saved my season this year.
0: I think Sharp had the best season, man. Yeah. I had a pretty good Wait, season. Uh,
2: what, what's the exact coordinates of where he was hunting at?
3: I'm up in uh, Walnut Ridge. I got in Walnut Ridge. I need, Ridge. like
2: 10 digit, 10 digit grids.
4: <laughs> 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 <Yeah.
2: laughs> That's what we called before we had Onyx, so ten digit grids.
1: Yeah, ten digit grid. Yeah, digit <laughs> yeah. find out hey, show me send me that on pin real quick.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off, man. I had to let that rot.
3: Yeah,
0: uh,
2: that's a good one. No, I'm
3: up in Walnut Ridge, kind of the northeast Arkansas area. It was good for me like early. I we had a lot of birds in Arkansas early, early. And then it kind of tapered off a little bit and then I really finished my season strong with geese.
2: Got it, man. From what I saw in South Arkansas, South, I guess Central South, East Arkansas, that was the most
3: specs I've seen in my life. It was unreal this year. It was it was nice.
2: There was a lot of specs this, this year. year. Yeah, it took about yeah. ten hunts for me to be like, "Dude, pull over. What, what are you doing? <laughs> we, we chasing the wrong dang bird, man." Hey, so. <laughs> yeah
0: man yes man Sharp, you got it if you got a chance man we, we've we been uh putting putting in uh, pictures of sharps little specs on hunt, spec hunts up there but he, he's becoming our uh, spec whisperer and stuff so but he, he gets work done um but I, I was gonna ask you ricky so here here's a question um mm-hmm. how did y'all how'd y'all get in start this twenty four seven and if, if the li- new listeners that we have that never heard of them y'all check them out you find them on instagram i we follow them I've been following them since we started this um but how how did that go about how did it start just a couple buddies just out there uh, grinding it out and like hey man let me record this put this on a on a video or something
2: well there's a little a little bit more to it man um so I grew up hunting with my dad we used to do a lot of deer hunting in north Louisiana. Um, I would only see my dad, you know, certain times throughout the year, him and my mom separated at a fairly young age and I would, you know, that would be my go-to. So hunting with my dad during the holidays was always a real big thing. It was one, I get to see him spend time with him and then two, it was, it was hunting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I realized that he dealt with a lot of things in in the outdoors. So I started this organization called blood deep outdoors in 2014 and the goal of blood deep outdoors was to kind of do a youth sportsman preservation type effort. I felt like there was something to save everything from the grasshopper to the elk, to the duck, to the coot, to everything, but there was not much youth outdoor uh, things out there. So I started an organization with Bloody Outdoors called Pass the Torch. And I used to always hear my dad talk about what he wanted to do, how he wanted to hunt mallards and in the timber and all those other things, and my imagination so good when he told me about it, like I felt like I was there in my mind. I wanted to do it myself. So when I started Blood Deep Outdoors, you know, being in the military and getting bounced around a little bit for training schools, I went to uh, Camp Robinson in Arkansas, which was the Professional Education Center or something like that. And I looked up Daryl Moore, who was a hard charger. He was hunting sixty-day seasons. So when I hit him up on the internet, I'm like, "Hey, you don't know me, I don't know you. I want to make a hunt in Arkansas." He was like, "Man, come on, you know." And at the time, Daryl was just a a grindy, gritty college student. And we met at a Sonic, and we went hunting. Um, I went back to that school with geese and mallards in my the trunk of my car. Man, mm, nice. that's how I ended up hunting with Daryl. <laughs> and. Being at Arkansas closed one week after Louisiana, I would close out my duck season with an Arkansas trip with Darryl. And then as Instagram started to take off a little bit more, he started to post a little more. I'm like, man, that boy's on the birds. And at the time, I wasn't a mallet purist. I just wanted ducks. And that slowly started to change, slowly started to change. Well, a few years later, Darryl started... River Bottom Outdoors, and they would mm-hmm. move hats and just kind of, you know, show share with the world how they do it. And and I support River Bottom Outdoors. And I think it was somewhere around 2018, maybe 2017. He's like, man, you got to meet this guy Renard Moody. He's out of Macon, Georgia. He loves mm-hmm. to hunt. Well, I looked up Renard on Instagram, and you know, he was wearing Gucci and all that. I'm like, man, who is this dude? You know, so <laughs> <He> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we're gonna, I don't know if we're gonna mesh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we linked up at a hotel in Arkansas, and, man, he was down to earth, legit. He wasn't wearing a single bit of Gucci. He did have one some foreign sickle, which was new to me at the time. And we went on a couple hunts together, and it was just a cool hunt, man. It was a, a low-tension hunt. It was fun. It was just a different experience than what I was used to. And every year, we just started to make a few hunts more and more after that. And then it felt like I brought my audience of blood deep to the gang and then Dower brought his audience to Riverbottom and then Renard locked in with 24-7 Hut um, mm-hmm. and just started making videos and I guess the way the music kind of came into it, but he did not want to feel like he had to not be himself to enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. I could relate to it because I always felt like I had to wear cowboy boots to be taken serious at an outdoor expo. You know, guys wouldn't teach yeah. me how to blow a call or nothing like that. Yeah. So his whole energy coming in was, man, this is what I listen to in my truck. This is what the other guys listen to in their truck. They pretend like they don't. I just, I like this music over my duck hunting. Let's roll with it. And then, uh, and that's when he started making duck music because of royalties with YouTube and everything. So he's like, man, I'm going to just make my own music. That way yeah. we... Don't have to worry about, you know, any legal things with little Baby or any of those other guys. So that's how Doug yeah. Music was created. And you just started to elevate from there, man. It The chemistry was right. The timing was right. You know, down had a, a job with uh, a lot of vacation. Bernard had a job with a lot of vacation. I used every ounce of military leave that I had. Yeah. And we just hunt like crazy and, and got a camera guy and rolled with it, man. So, that's timing, crazy, man. And- yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that's crazy man because like you think about it too is like and I, I never thought about it either like I grew up in Texas I get it uh, this is where I do most of my hunts up here in Texas I mean I got cowboy boots don't get me wrong but uh, you know what I'm saying it. it's the different walks of life you know uh, uh Sharp he's from Georgia I'm from Texas uh, uh, Joe's from California and he walks around with a bow tie but he, he he hunts with us all. He hunts with us all the time. You ever seen Carlton? That's what he looks like. But it's yeah. crazy. But that's what I'm saying. It's like. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like. But I'm just joking. But anyways, but that's what I'm saying. You can meet anybody in the, in the walks of life, but as long as everybody understands the grind, and that's that's what yeah. I fell in love with water uh, waterfowl hunting. Because I mean, me man, growing up in Texas, it was I, I mean I did other hunting. I, I wasn't I didn't really do waterfowl hunting. It was in big game hunting, or you know I did some squirrel hunting here and there. But it it wasn't I mean. But once I got into waterfowl hunting, you you figure out like you know you working as a team, and you can kind of you can kind of relate with being in the military. Um, you know it's that cor-, 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 cor I can't even talk man joe help me out yeah grammar that, that camaraderie camaraderie yeah there you go i can't even talk right now <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I was about to sound like pedro <laughs> welcome to yak the i take over. you know what I'm saying but but like, <laughs> that's what i'm saying man but that's what i'm saying is like it it that's what blew my mind. And we could I mean, we're all different walks of life, but we all go the same grind. And I mean, man, I commend what you and kind of you guys it doing matter it. Where you're yeah. From. It and you about- guys like, and yeah, you guys getting it, getting it done your way. You're not getting it done other, other people's way. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. So that, that's why I have like the greatest respect for all of our sponsors, because they took a chance on us when the industry, like y'all aren't welcome here. Period. Yeah. That's and crazy. Yeah, y'all. They took a chance on us. We, Push like hell because, like, man, somebody believe in it. Let's get it. And, yeah. it starts to grow from there. Yeah. yeah and you guys man, have, you guys
1: have a legit spa. I mean, you have Yeti, yeah. RT, I mean, Apex. So, I mean, you know, people can't take credit away from that because, I mean, you guys only mess with the number one people in the industry.
2: Man, they, they mess with us, man. As much as we mess yeah. with them, and I'm grateful for them, man. Like, they genuinely look at us as men.
1: Period. Yeah, so, uh,
2: yeah. At the end of the day, it's, always, no it's always judgment, all. no nothing. You know, one of my mentors, man, Craig Francis. The best advice he ever gave me was: "Rick, never change. Period. Who you are is who you are. Never change. Someone's gonna love it. Someone's gonna hate it. it. It costs too much, and it, it's too heavy to carry the load of being somebody that you're not. So, yeah. Wherever you are, whatever makes you happy, be that, do that. And man, it was it was freeing. Because you know, <clears throat> when I went to the grand opening that thick of my mom asked me. She said, "Well, what you gonna wear? Like she's these Jordans, you know? She's like, What <laughs> she <knew> about <laughs> the old days? Yeah. She knew about the old days and uh I, I was like, Ma <clears throat> I'm gonna wear And I showed her my outfit, I had on a, a sicker button down some jeans, a sicker belt buckle and some I think there was some tins or something like that. And I showed up to the event and I got complimented at the grand opening. I was like, Okay And I guess some of the sicker guys have history with Nike, so like they great open minded guys and the yeah. very next night, I showed up in cowboy boots because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to. And that second night, the sicker guy showed up with jars. I'm like, man, plot twist. Crazy. <laughs> Everybody gets to beat themselves, hunting ducks. And, you know, in the military, there's always this discomfort. And I'm going to back up just a little bit further. When I used to go to camps, I used to get some weird treatment. If I would pull up to a camp and there was a military sign, a military flag, whatever, I knew it was all good. It would be no drama because my military boys... We come together at basic training we come together on deployment yes. on, on different things and common yeah. goals. sea green whatever the case may be so that vibe was what was missing for me in the hunting industry so it just all of that just changed everything so now i feel in the hunting industry the way i feel in the military before it didn't yeah. match but now, yeah, now-
1: I mean, it, it, that's a great thing you bring that up man like for like for me i just retired in october and um chris retired and by the august before that and yeah i mean may. May. yeah may yeah may and yeah like you know some of my best friends in the military are I mean, lifelong friends that are people we weren't even have hung out with like growing up and it's so yeah, right. it's weird how you it's weird how you mature in that yeah. environment where like everyone meshes so well by the end of the day like like you said the common goal and you realize that, hey, people are just people and y'all have the same interests. Y'all you y'all, know, yeah, y'all right. just didn't know each other before.
2: <clears throat> no doubt, man. And I'm going to let y'all stay retired about one or two more times because I'm jealous. And then after that, y'all
1: <laughs> have to have you. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, I will say, Spinning nah. is nice.
2: Nah, it was not oh,
0: nice man, for the first worked. couple of months, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's, but, it ain't too bad. But yeah, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a caviar. Oh, um, man. <laughs> Yo, you're almost there. Three years, eight months, man. Yeah, yeah, you're almost there. But, man, I know uh, the one thing, too, is, uh, and this is something Sharp can relate to, is, uh, because Sharp guides people from all over the United States. People come and see him or whatever. And Sharp, you can kind of speak on this, man. But it... That 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 connection with other people, because y'all are, are all about one grind and getting, you know, whether it be a greenhead, whether it be sharpening, trying to get specs or pintail or whatever it may be, um y'all ha- all have that same interest. And I I've been to a couple of duck camps that Joe's taking me, and uh just so just so you know, Joe's actually the one that got me into waterfowl hunting. I used to make fun of waterfowlers, but. Just because like when I was a kid, I'm like, I'm not going to blow on something. That's you know, what I mean, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I fell in love with it because of that. And I think when like Sharp, when he goes out there, he's meeting new people. From different walks of life but everybody's on the same everybody's he's meeting new people everybody's on the same grind everybody wants the same uh in end state so i mean i don't know what do you how does that work for you sharp when you work with other people different walks of life because it's really cool like hunting being a guide and
3: hunting every day is awesome but the also cool thing is just like hearing people's stories and like you said there's so many people with different backgrounds and even though they're from different parts of the country and do different things like waterfowl brings us together and when you're in the blind you're not always like talking about waterfowl stuff you know you start talking about their family or talking about where they're from and like you learn way more things and like it's it's just it's a cool thing to do like you create like you said you create a bond with someone that you'd probably never speak to in your life right
0: yeah man and here's one yeah, here, here's one thing I will say though, just kind of lighting up the mood. Um, one thing I think me, Sharp, and Ricky can agree to is that uh, the best footballs in the South. So, oh my God. <laughs> Yo, I like
4: the Southern team,
1: anyway guy.
0: Uh, hey, I'm just yeah, saying. you like
1: the Colts? Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, I'm you talking Colts, college football. <laughs> all right, all right, you, y'all know the story, all right. But I'm just saying, man, best football players come out of the South. I'm just saying. And you're a Colts fan,
1: guy.
2: Man, we got to start a petition to push the season back, man. I I hunt so hard, I always miss the daggone season. I catch the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: hey, that's no joke. So we're talking about (laughs) that, man. So Louisiana this year opened up the same time as Missouri did. Okay. So, like, bro, the birds aren't even down here when we're opening up already.
2: That's crazy. (laughs) I definitely. We had two splits this year in Louisiana for the very first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I'm hunting, yeah. And the what was it? And the zones. Like if you mm-hmm. look at the zones, no New Orleans is in the West Zone this year.
2: Right. No coastal.
1: Yeah, no coastal. And yeah. They, the honest- all they do is they, they took the coastal and threw it with the West Zone. Which is kind of weird.
2: The Chopalaya Delta a lot, but man, chasing Mallards is just different, dude. It, so <clears throat> military boys you think about ptsd you think about deployment you think about adrenaline the first time i got in the gator tail and idled out of the marina the launch area i felt the same feeling of being a gunner on top of humvee and i was like well i feel alive right now and that when you <laughs> you're about to yeah. tear up some redfish or birds whatever the case may be and yeah it's, it brought back that feeling of feeling awesome again having uh Adrenaline Feeling like Spider-Man Where you can Stick to a wall again Yeah Like this is it <clears throat> And going to those New places man You know Not even knowing Where the ramp is Aside from What looks like one on OnX Yeah Drilling that challenge It does it, man It, it soothes The PTSD Soul man it's, it's so good You no, feel free In the wall again we we
0: kind of uh, adopted a word on that, like me and Joe and and Sharp, the whole waterfowl therapy. Because, I mean, man, you get out there and you kind of it's therapy on a, on its own. You know, it's you, I ain't gotta pay. Th- or I mean, I didn't have to pay the, the military <laughs> had to pay for my, my counseling sessions. But you know what I mean? You ain't gotta pay uh, a therapist or whatever to tell you what's wrong with you. you I know, mean, you you know, you you you're good. paying
1: for it, but not least ain't cheap. <laughs> Wages yeah. ain't cheap.
0: Yeah, you're right.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. Funny man. Hey, we got we got wives and girlfriends listening to this. Come on, man. it is cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, my, yeah my, my, wife wife
4: gotta,
2: my wife don't like Joe.
1: I was I got lucky. My mom always pretty good with it. So you yeah. know, you're saying that you you chased the mallards. Do you get after that early teal season pretty hard? Being that from um, Louisiana
2: i do man I, I pretty much dedicate that to my little boys um this year i got a rice field lease i felt like it was safe i felt like it'd be a spot for us to not worry about birds have a blast just hang out so i brought my little boys till hunting um for the whole till season yeah and they yeah. it's like crazy bro it was great
0: yeah So i know yeah. i know joe had joe got a, a rice field lease last year um I mean, I mean, talk about it a little bit about it. Just uh, experience. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had, you've been on the rice field lease yourself, leases yourself, right, Ricky?
2: Uh-huh, yeah. <clears throat> I guess the rice field leases in the past, they didn't do it for me because I didn't feel like I was hunting birds. It was more so like, hey, we're going to go to the blonde and hope, like heck, birds come. And that was that experience. And I didn't find value in the rice field again until my little boy started hunting, because the rice field is the most safest hunting setup. Yeah. It's private land. You don't have any competition. Um, it's a lot more comfortable for your sons. Uh, so you could, you know, make that blind a more comfortable experience for your sons, because I don't want them cutting their teeth on public land the way we cut our teeth on public land, because it'll run them off. You know, it'll, it'll yeah. say, nah, I ain't doing that, dad. And then the other thing is safety. You know, I don't have to deal with any boat issues. Once I learn how these birds are working on the front, it's way safer to, to ride a levee with a four wheeler than it is a boat over the bay. So that changes the entire experience and my expectations changed as well. And it's more about getting one bird in the blonde, taking a picture I will jokes. say that
1: once having kids, man, the hunt, like, I mean, I always say, my, both my boys are a little older, they're, they're 10 and 14. I mean, I always joke around saying, um, my best hunting buddies call me dad. And when you get to when you get to watch your boys really really get get into hunting especially like my two my two kind of took off with it and you know competition duck calling and, you know shooting and and you know just being able to you know hunt on their own sometimes as you know and hunt like grow like little grown men i gotta call them um <laughs> it's it's real neat where it changes where you know, it, it's not about that strap pick all the time more than, the, you know, watching them, you know, get their first birds, you know, call their first bunch in and stuff like that.
2: Right. I yeah. think one of the best hunts here, man, was a Saturday-Sunday combo, and we scratched on Saturday. And we had the turtle box in there. We had breakfast. We told jokes. Yeah. Um, my youngest boy shot at the Lifetime D cars with his red rider. So we did target practice. Sunday <laughs> they learned that if you keep going, they show up, you know? So they got yeah. to face both of it. So I was super excited about that. Yeah. So, I'm just trying to see, get them, I'm trying to get them set and hooked, man. That's what I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to like. Lock
1: it, it. Yeah. So seeing that you get to jump around a lot and hunt in different states, what, like, you know, this was the first year I hunted up in Nebraska and I took my boys up and, man, like, I've never been, I was kind of like you, I didn't grow up a, a a greenhead purist until you get that green, the, the, until you get the mallards and the corn and the flooded corn, then it's different. You know, but what is your favorite place to hunt outside of Louisiana?
2: Man, that's such a difficult question. I've enjoyed every place equally, mm-hmm. but I've hunted enough, I've hunted those places enough times to have multiple experiences. You know, I like Arkansas when the river's up versus when the river's down when the river's down everybody's doing foot races strategizing yep. hunger games just for an Oxbow
4: <laughs> and yeah. a
2: lot of a lot of pressure on the, on a the man so whenever the river's up then I like to hunt blowdowns I can leave the, the the house real late the camp real late I can get to a spot blowdowns aren't named especially if they're new are y'all, do y'all are y'all you all familiar with that lingo where y'all hunt at a blowdown, uh, blow-down.
1: the viewers what a blowdown is
2: Okay, so a blowdown, unlike a hole, a hole is something that's been cleared out for a while. Like one tree fell and possibly removed, or you know something like that. Or either you know back in the day when a lot of that stuff was legal, guys would go and make holes, and they, they're named now. They're popular holes: Tiffany holes, all kind of the holes you hear on the internet. Um, and then there's holes that you can find on Onyx. But a blowdown is when that tornado rips through Arkansas and it snaps a few trees down. Nobody knows that that hole's there. Or, or not as many people know that that hole is there. So to get out there early season and find a blowdown, something that's not visible on Onyx yet, something that's not visible on the map yet, it's just one tree fell over that creates a hole in the canopy just large enough for Mallet to come slide through there. So those type of locations, a lot of guys, you don't have 100 guys running to that one hole. Right? might just have one guy trying to get to that spot. But most cases, nobody's there when I show up. And it's a comfortable hunt. You got less guys around you, nobody's shooting swing birds. It's a better experience. Oklahoma yeah, was man. a different experience. Um, huh. You know, that lake hunting, that river hunting was night and day different than what I was used to. I didn't really like it in the beginning, but Oklahoma's cool. And then Kansas is cool because the scenery, you know, like those little wind turbines and just that whole, that whole little layout is just a new experience. Yeah, I like them all. And I about not know what to expect when I get to all of them based off of what that river's doing. That river's everything. Yeah. So, so I have to say, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. You had to say what? The way we're set up in Arkansas is cool because Arkansas has a a social life. There's a spot that we eat at, you know, after every hunt in mm-hmm. Um. There's this place called well of course there's max prairie wings you know then there's yeah. r&t which has a bar in it the tap room and then you go to <clears throat> oh, open season is the name of the restaurant has a bar in it so when you look at all of the the social life in the stuttgart area it's a it's cool connecting with friends and hanging out and yeah. that out of it where if i hunt in any other state it's pretty remote we're a gas station food diner or, or thawed out gumbo or something. Yeah. So I, I could say Arkansas based off of just, you know, the social life involved there, meeting guys yeah. at R and T and tap room and just good food and all that good stuff.
0: So I got, I got a question for you, Ricky. So, um, I'm actually, uh, from North Texas. So I'm, I'm man, the Oklahoma borders, I, I live right next to Texarkana, probably about 45 minutes. I don't know. You know where that's at. Um, all right. Texacloma, my bad. Um and I thought about this season I to do it because so when I retired I came here. Um my bad. I, that's my one that's my last one. I promise I won't bring it up. But uh, <laughs> when I when I got out uh i moved back to north texas um and it was kind of my first time back since i got into waterfowl so i mean i did a lot of hunting up here in north texas um and then i didn't get a chance to go up to oklahoma i got buddies up in seal and they said that uh, it's amazing it's great so i'm gonna go up there next year so as far you said uh oklahoma it, all of it was rivers so you didn't hunt any like flooded timbers out there or nothing like that in oklahoma
2: no i didn't I didn't hunt any flooded timber in Oklahoma. I hunted a lot of lakes in Oklahoma. Okay, points off the of lakes, coals off the of lakes, and it, it wasn't like you know phenomenal or, or crazy, but I mean, it doesn't take a whole bunch, man. You get a few mallards on a tote, you, and the breakfast is right. We to. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if y'all noticed, but we only put out, I want to say, two episodes this season. It was a, it was a few grand slams this season, and it was a few boy, we, we scratched, or either we. uh not, we didn't. I don't think we scratched the shit, but we, we, you know, shot a couple hens here or four birds there. There was a few hunts like that. It wasn't like the year before? Oh, no. Yeah, Not
0: see, the water that's... that's,
2: that was that's it was a drought. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the same... It was the same for everybody, man. Most, it was the same...
2: Yeah, most holes were empty.
0: Yeah. That's, that's like... So... It, you know Joe hunting in Louisiana, me hunting in North Texas. Sharp hunting basically everywhere, but mostly Arkansas. I know Sharp does some Georgia hunting and stuff, but I mean, man, it it was uh, it was that that was the exact same story for I think everybody across the board. I don't know Joe and Sharp if y'all agree, but uh besides Sharp, he did had, it. He had, man, he had a good season. Man, I, he always had a good season.
1: <laughs> well, this year I think when when I went to when I went to Nebraska, bud, like that, I mean, that yeah. was. Like, I, I think one time my oldest boy Joey, um, he looked at me. He's like, "Dad, this is like a du commercial." I, was yeah,
0: like, <laughs> I guess I guess to go off that, we all know when they get to us down here. And Joey, you said this before. They're educated.
2: They don't you want
0: know, They don't want yeah. to leave that. You know that that flooded corn. They don't want to leave whatever is up there. So I mean, it, it was it was it's definitely different for us once once they get down here. So. And I I mean, Ricky, you understand that sharp. I mean, you know that. So
3: I I think this year in Arkansas, man, with that no water, I mean, the birds came down, but then they got beat on early, and because, like, like I said, there wasn't a lot of holes open. They got beat on in the public stuff, and then they went to where they weren't
2: getting shot at. Because I know a lot of good early button pressures. Has a, a big to do with it. So, like when birds would come down, I hear the old guys call it yo yo and like Kirk McCullough and all those guys.
4: They'll yeah. say the
2: birds, they'll, they'll, they'll drop down. If there's no pressure, they'll hang around. There's pressure, they'll right, right your head right back up north real quick, get back where they were. And with all the pressure that there there is in every area I've ever went, I mean, every launch I've seen people, a lot of people. That's a lot of pressure. And then with the drought and having fewer spots to hunt, Man, I, I see why birds don't hang around. There's, there's no spots for them to hang around where we were at. So, we put in... I put in personally probably right at 7,500, 8,000 miles on my truck. I probably hunted maybe 30, 30 mm-hmm. days, 35 days. So, it was some running, man. I, I was yeah. whooped at the end of the seat. I was exhausted. I was tired. But we chased hard. And my nice. guys found them in one state. They called me that same day, and said, hey, you need to get here because... You got to get there the next day. The birds were only hanging around. Yeah. You know, it'd go from a a seven man to a four man to a two man in a three day period. Exact same hole. There's a lot of that going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those, I mean, yeah. Once they get a beat down a little bit, they'll move. I mean, then that and there's a little bit of weather. I can see when the birds get down here to the south, they get so finicky, they get pushed around a lot. Between especially like Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana.
2: Yeah, Mississippi does a real good job about keeping their birds private. I never hear about any of those reports until after the season. Yeah, yeah, got a good little cold out there.
3: Yeah, Yeah. hey, sharp. I know you guys have questions about Colin, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess like kind of I what I like about y'all's group is like. Y'all hunted together so much, like y'all know exactly who's doing what on the calls and stuff like that. But I guess, like, who would kind of be like the lead caller in your group, or like, is it kind of like, oh, this guy's working the birds, that's who's doing the lead caller? Like, how does that kind of work in
2: y'all's little y'all's group? And those boys can't call, man. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm I'm joking. Renard learned how to call fast. I have never seen somebody go from suck to good in one season. That boy can call, but Daryl, Daryl, no doubt, Daryl's our, 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 finisher. Put it like that. Daryl's the finisher. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> on the group, well, I ain't say everybody. And I ain't gonna throw <laughs> nobody into the bus, but some guys, if those ducks those are ducks- one mile away, they can quack. But if those if those birds are, are within range, then the less skilled callers will kind of get quiet. they get the, the closer whistle. They get. <laughs> man, you can't hardly whistle with that group, man. They're malice that They're going to stop calling against you with that whistle. <laughs> they shut that whistle down. <clears throat> but Darryl will finish the Ducks. He'll be the absolute last one to, to you know, chit-chat a real low. Renard kind of dabble with it. A lot of times I drop my call when they're, over the whole I'm, I'm done because it's kind of really not a need at that point yeah um yeah. When I see birds, I'm like normally the first to call. I won't say, hey, look at those birds. I'll just start calling. Or if I need to get them to be quiet, because sometimes they'll be telling jokes in the corner, I'll just hit my call and they'll all lock in, get serious. But if I see birds, I start calling. And everybody will look at you and see where your eyes are pointing. And vice versa. When our season first, he'll start calling. You look at him, you can see where his eyes are pointing. We locate birds pretty fast. And I mean, when you hit those birds at the right time, whenever they're first approaching and you can line them up, that make a big difference versus calling them a little bit too late or seeing them too late. Um, but probably what helped us out the most this year, aside from calling, is really a jerk rig, man. A, a solid jerk rig does does so much. It's everything. I don't know how guys hunt without them unless you're hoping they're hunt in the ocean or not the bay. Yeah. But that jerk rig. Yeah, well, yeah
1: cool. we yeah we talk about it in the, and like I said, yeah. the, these two guys pictures. I got real into looking at videos of Ducks overhead and seeing that they're always mm-hmm. constantly moving. They're constantly oh. – they're never still. And I, I, I will say that I, like this last two seasons, I got real into putting more and more motion into my decoy spread.
2: Yeah, I think next season we'll probably have two or three jerk card guys, man. But you got to have the right jerk card guys because – that new guy, man, he'll he'll swing that whole arm. You got to swing just at the wrist, you know.
0: Yeah, hey, that's Another me. That's swing. me.
2: <laughs>
0: Yo, I can't. It'll, hey. it'll
2: make you or break you, man. And
0: all, all that, all that stuff you're talking about, calling and stuff in the group. Yeah, that's I'm fierce. not. I'm allowed to hold the whistle, but I, man, give me on that jerk cord, though. I mastered that. Like my guy is my Picasso. <laughs> nah, that's I'm telling part. you. Tell your boys they use a jerk cord. I
2: challenge them. hey that'll get you on the hunt right there bro yeah tell (laughs) him where when it comes to to calling everybody has a good rhythm you won't have three guys hitting the hell call all at the exact same time If, if me and Darryl go to hit the hell call at the exact same time I'll cut mine off instantly and I'll do sharp quacks, shark clucks in between, um, shark quacks in between his Oh my clucks. I'll, I'll do sharp quacks in between his to just try to have a good balanced sound to where it's just not ridiculous chatter all over the place. Yeah. So if he got a, a certain length of cadence, I'll, I'll move mine around or I'll move his around and it just, the flow is just good, man. And a lot of times we don't hunt within 10 foot of each other. So to have more callers to spread around, it keeps those ducks from being focused on one little area. It yeah, so you, out.
1: It being that timber, you always hear the old timber hunters calling about throw, throwing the sound around in the, in the timber.
2: Yes. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And knowing when to call helped us out a lot as well because some guys will call when the bird's looking, and that bird will hear it pinpoint. You know, I, old folks always say you hunt on what you call on the, on the tips. Something like that. Yeah. When that good. bird is going any form of a way, he's getting it. Or if he's far out, we'll line him up. But you're not gonna have the hand drop straight down on me because I call because he's right above me. Unless yeah. like, I was looking at one group of birds and I didn't see a group behind me. That'll happen that's- from time to time. But mm-hmm. and yeah, that that calling that jerk ring combo and people simply keeping their face down makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And then sometimes calling man at the end of this season in uh, Arkansas WMA you, you calling was useless jerk rig was yeah. the only way to go jerk rig was the only way to go so knowing when not to call was huge
1: yeah so me So me and uh, Sharper we had discussions on this about uh, decoy decoy steps in the timber hole um, what are you guys running in that timber hole are you running Mallard Pure or are you throwing a lot of wood ducks in there
2: not a single wood duck only uh only mallards nice nice so we i
3: mean y'all ta- have
2: wood ducks work on y'all
3: yes yeah. me and yeah. joe were talking have Have you ever seen anyone go out and throw out like three three dozen wood ducks like because think about it, when you're looking there you'll see those like big piles of woodies and then have some like mallards come in i just thought like what if you just did something different like everyone's everyone at those boat ramps is throwing up all mallards like what if you did something different and then like put a few mallards on the edge so you could actually call just like try something a little different yeah
2: some some guys in California that I talk to they'll swap brands because they say one brand will have similar postures where there'd be a, a combination of three they'll go with the AV and a lifetime or whatever just to try to have a different looking spread some will rig them in the front some will rig them in the back but that's a non- mallard hunting area way of thinking to not go all mallards.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: When I was down hunting at Wax Lake, I was like, man, I better... Oh, the man, wax. A flock of mallards looked weird down there. Yeah, a flock of mallards looked weird yeah. down there. You got to have a, a, a colorful white spoonbill pintail, yeah. you know, a canvas bag, couple mallard teal spread. Whereas in, in, in Arkansas, man, it's safe to go all mallard because they're used to seeing all mallard because there's actually all mallard in there. Yeah, so it doesn't look as weird as, as it may seem when you're in the mallet area. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. The free.
1: Now, that's- when you guys are calling, um, because I do you guys are you know, are, y- are y'all strictly cut down calling or, or do you guys use a lot of J frames?
2: No, nah, it's all cut down. I think uh, Renard has everybody probably has two calls on their lanyard. I have one, all I run is a Mondo when I'm in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard has a mondo, and the old. See, every year we do a twenty four seven hunt version of an R and T mondo. So I'll hunt, you know, one full season with that mondo, and then I'll hang it up for my little boys in the future or something like that. But nice, um, that mondo, man, it's, it's so so such range on it. Yeah, you could go soft, you can go hard, you can reach out. Um, yeah, it's a, a very versatile mondo. It is man. A Renaro go with a Mondo, and he'll go with the oat. That oat really sounds good for breaking birds. And Daryl will go with uh, a Mondo and a Brute. And the Brute, yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. The, the, the
1: Brute's a cut down call that, that that people overlook a lot. I mean, it's one of, I mean, I like the Brute. I'm a it big fan of the Brute, and then they came out with that Brute R. That's real. Real. It's a real heavier, real more barky sounding call.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm a one-call guy, man. Because yeah. all my guys got two calls. If I have trouble with one of my calls, man, toss me that mondo. Joe I, Joe. I, don't, I don't like all Joe. that that jingle jangle. I don't like big uh big ornaments around my neck. Whenever I'm doing, what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, some guys got the teal whistle, the wood duck whistle, <laughs> um, yo, a so gray duck Ricky call. Relax. Yo,
0: Ricky, we're laughing right now because Joe's uh, has the uh, has the uh has the Christmas lights going on. Yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a hey, house coming around my so, neck. So I will tell you this, man. So uh so when they when these two are calling, I, I have my lanyard or whatever. As soon as they start yeah. calling I put mine in my pocket. I'll <laughs> go to my job with the jerk rig and I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, hey, as long as I'm here but y'all can't see me on this jerk rig, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> can't see yeah, oh,
2: that's funny, man. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> right, that's it. A... <laughs> but the, um, I'll, I'll have, I have think I have like some one questions. little lanyard so, that with like... there. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Go on. All right. So, what do you think? Go ahead, Ricky. In, in Arkansas? No, no, no. I want to hear my man. No. Oh. So, we have better use in Arkansas, the mojos? Because I know in Arkansas, you don't obviously,
3: do y'all not use mojos? Or are you having a mojo like in Louisiana?
2: You said, do we like the mojos?
3: So do you think it's better using a mojo? Like in August, I know you can't, and Louisiana, you can. So what do you think is better?
2: Got it. Man, I've gotten in the habit of not using mojos at all. Um, I think mojos are really good for, they call them the, the, the grannies, gravel or something like that, for teal hunting. That's when I feel like I need a mojo because those teal fly low, those grannies could be two feet off the water. Those teal, uh, aren't as visible. So I feel like those mojos are far more effective in that environment. Um, that's really the only time I feel like I need a mojo. If I have a, a raft type spread, if you want to mix it up in Louisiana, go heavy on the coot, you can do, you can do eight dozen coot and one dozen mallards and have a very successful hunt. But I'll, I'll use those flock of flickers only because I want a little bit of a flash. Um, Man, there's so much little small details that's that that kind of all come together to make a successful hunt. But flock of flickers, if I'm hunting a big massive raft, and because it gives you that flash of any type of mojo for teal hunting, and nothing for mallards because jerk ring is god. Yeah, you, you, the my other personal ones? opinion. Um, and no shots fired. To the guys who got ten mojos out there, you know, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean I'm with
0: you, man. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think with the with the teal season, and Joe can say this too, man. Like, I think we all kind of agree. Like them teal. I for me anyways, especially he, even here in North Texas, uh, Joe saw them green. Uh, uh the green wing teal uh, had this season. So I mean, they love. I don't know for some reason they like because we have we run. I run Mojo and Lucky Duck. I think Joe l- runs Lucky Duck only, right? Yeah, spinning anyway, wing. Yeah, so I mean. When it when it comes to tail season I'll I'll use it and then I'll pull it when uh big duck season comes. So yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it would help in Arkansas. I feel like that flash would be good in the trees. And I feel like you got mm-hmm. enough trees in the camp pinpoint that it's not moving, you know, like you could in open water in Oklahoma or something like that. Um but duck hunting's all about trial and error. Yeah, I like yeah. I used to just like go and hunt and just like be there. And then I hunted with this one guy, and the ducks didn't commit. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, those just didn't commit. This guy got out the blind and started moving decoys around. And it was that moment right there I realized that, dude, this is a big air traffic control game. Those yeah. birds really work based off of how these decoys are lined up. If your concealment is good to go. If you know for a fact you, you're concealed and you have no flaring going on whatsoever, they just didn't work with the wind just right, get out there and move them decoys around quick. You know, so... To answer my guys' question, man, throw that mojo out there. You know, if those birds are like that and funny, you got to go through your steps. Were you a hundred percent concealed? That's why I like to do a lot of hunts by myself because I learn more by myself. I know that I don't look at the birds when I shouldn't look at the birds. So I know that bird didn't finish. He definitely wasn't flared. He definitely didn't see me because you know where I was positioned. I had no other guys that you know I could I could cancel that out. So then I knew that, okay, well, it's not concealment. Maybe it's decoys. So I would adjust my decoys and try to get the ducks, the ducks to swing either closer, further, funneled, or in a different line. And then if that isn't it, then I'm like, okay, it's no motion. So I started adding motion. So I'm able to learn at a, at a faster rate of what they're doing and why they're not doing what I need them to do. And we went from having three or four flocks, and then you hear somebody say, man, that's it. We got to move the decoys. You move the decoys, and they do it just right. So – there's no golden rules there's no silver bullets other than concealment and scout everything else is trial and error man yeah and keep going is there any certain yeah.
1: brand are you guys making your own uh jerk cord or, or is there any brand of jerk cords that you guys like to go to
2: a little bit of both um the last two years we ran lifetime d cars as jerk rig it's pretty cool it has a, a really good anchor um For everybody out there, you don't need the biggest, the baddest, the most expensive, man. um, The very first year, I used a fishing cork as my handle, and I wrapped the string around it. That way, it wouldn't sink. And I had regular string with a bungee and anchor system. It was far more important to have motion than it was to have motion by a certain company. Yeah. As long as you want to find that sweet spot of minimal movement with your wrist and maximum movement whenever you let it go, and those ducks go crazy. That's, that's what you're looking for. And if you got to do a lot of arm swinging to get a little bit of motion, then you got you to gotta toss that thing. But Lifetime has a bungee style setup, which allows for a lot of movement. So when it's really, really, really crunch time, I'll pull all the slack out of that, uh, that bungee card Lifetime. And then when the ducks come and it's like game day, I'll just release my hand. I won't even move my wrist. When yeah. I release my hand, those ducks will kind of chase a little bit. And then whenever the birds pass me, then I'll hurt and grab and give them a couple of crazy shanks and then I'll drop it again. So I'm telling you, man, the more you hunt, you, you guys are really good at going and get water. You're really good at a lot of things that you do every day. That's because you do it a lot. The more you hunt, the more you're going to fine tune that process. No different in yeah. the army. The more you go on rucks, the tighter that pack going to look. Yeah. You get down. You're getting it right. You, you're figuring it out, figuring out what's working and, and what's not working and things like that. So,
0: so I guess before we uh, we go any further, I mean I know. So first of all, if you don't, uh, Joey, Joe's son, absolutely, he was educating us on y'all. I mean we've seen y'all and we've seen YouTube, we've seen, but he he watches y'all religiously. His PlayStation's filled with the twenty four seven hunt. He's wearing a twenty four seven hunt shirt right sure. now. Like I mean. Man. And he's educating us, you know. I mean, and we—I mean, we—we've seen y'all. Uh, we, every, if you, if you're legit, and I'm gonna say this, if you are a legit waterfowl, you've at least heard of, of uh, 24/7 and all, all what they do. You've seen their videos, but um, I guess I, I, what I was going at is, Joey, do you have any other questions before you start? Uh,
3: <laughs> what was your favorite episode you've done, 24/7 Hunt?
2: favorite episode? Man. Those things are mayhem, bro. It, it's so much <laughs> that go into Because our guy, Jason, Jason Logan, or Jay Logan, uh, Jason Webb, Vita Media, he's the audio guy, the light guy. This guy sleeps in the hole. He's the real deal. But I think my favorite episode probably episode one of this year. Last year, we felt like our audio wasn't too, too, too good. So this year, Jason got the audio super tight and we rented a, a, a spot in one of these little states for the opener. And the interviews were way cleaner. Um, when you know you're going to kill ducks and you film an episode and you know you're going to kill ducks, there's way more camera rolling. By the end of the season, everybody's so exhausted from the half hunts to where the camera isn't rolling all the time. So I'd have to say the first hunt of this season was probably my favorite. Um, it was fun. Everybody cut up. Those you know, boys were having a lot of fun driving those boats, getting hung up on sandbars. There's so just a lot, of light lighting, a lot of scouting included. I feel like that was the realest, honest um Truest episode right there. Yeah, that was a it good was episode. Yeah, we is that is the, the, the one watch. where
0: they got the boat stuck or whatever? In the yeah. yeah, 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 I, I saw that one. Yeah, where yeah. they yeah. could the duck in the hole. And everything. No, that was a different one. That wasn't. That wasn't
4: something
0: good. No, he he tried to hop it, right, or something like that. Uh
3: No, he got stuck in it because they're gone. The river was low.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, the river was low, and at night, you can't tell where it's four inches or where it's two foot. So, like on the side yeah. of the river, it's two foot, but sometimes it's dead end because of like fallen trees and whatnot. So, you got to cross yeah. over. And if you miss that crossover by 10 foot, you high and dry, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, who is the best but, boat definitely- driver in the group?
2: at the end of this season, and I feel bad saying it because he's not here to defend himself, but I'm no doubt the best driver. (laughs) The the reason that I gave Renard credit is because he knew that river better than me. And he's a little more full sin than I am. I'm a little more cautious. And you can't be cautious on that river. Like you got to send it. You can't half send it. So either you're going to send it and be fully stuck are you gonna have sin and not make it, even though you were on course? Yeah. But once I learned that river, as much as he learned that river, you can't you can't replace experience, man. I, I've had a gated tail since 2010. You can't you can't compete with that. Like that's a lot of experience. Yeah. You can't replace the hours, man. <laughs> you can't have a new Humvee driver show up. He been driving yeah. for one year. Come on, man, get out of there <laughs> um, I, I
4: know.
2: I mean, I know. Little, let's be real. How many can, times have we had that though?
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Man. let's be real.
2: So driving but. a surface drive, you don't just turn the stick. It's also yeah. about knowing when to trim down for a turn, knowing when to trim out coming out of a turn, um, navigating the GPS. I mean, that, that's as, as serious as having the right glove. I started wearing uh, black rubber gloves this year because it was so cold and wet then those fingers can't slide on on x real good and then if yeah. you don't have on the glove, your fingers are ice numb you can't even operate it and you got to be able to zoom in zoom out because mm-hmm. if your boat if your gps isn't updating as fast as that boat is so you got to find the first the right altitude of that gps to make sure that it's updating real time a whole bunch of little factors man He's legit. Okay. He's a great driver. Daryl's legit. He's a great driver. I imagine <laughs> you got way more hours than those boys.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: now, the reason yeah, I got to give Daryl credit, Daryl yeah. don't navigate. He go where he think he should. So I'm <laughs> I'm impressed with how far he can go without using the GPS. I got to get him to use that GPS, though, man. You see, Onyx is so legit that I can run a track, save it, and I can text it to him. He can take yeah. that text message, save it, and he'll have the exact same track on his phone. It's just sometimes he don't do it. put your running gun. You know, he already, already bought the scout. You know, he already thinking about other things. But I'm yeah, it, man, I man. I gotta, I do. I've been running them I, since 2010.
0: Yeah, I gotta get at you. I mean, I I just got it. I bought it. So there's another reason my wife doesn't like Joe because I I just bought a brand new War Eagle last year and then <laughs> bought all this stuff for the, this uh, last season. So. uh... So I mean I'm not Take the greatest. On the uh, I'm embarrassed to even say right now, man. But this this season I'm, I'm gonna get me a I'm gonna either get me a gator tail, or the pro drive. But right now I'm running uh the um the surface drive mercury. But it was it was kind of a a last minute thing. So when I got the boat, uh, I got it in the whole pandemic had happened, uh, where I got at the dealer. Uh, the guy he was he was working great with me or whatever he was he was helping me out um he was also a veteran or whatever and uh, he's like yeah I'll hook you up uh but we're we're running low on motors so it didn't have a motor um I mean it's a brand new war eagle got I mean it has the gun case it has everything on it and I, it was kind of a last minute thing for me because also I'm also a big fisherman too so I was like Is you it know, a
2: gladiator just,
0: no it's a war eagle what model uh, the LVD six thirty seven, I think, or something like that. Okay.
2: Okay. I think. Warren's yeah. Like yeah. Gladiator. I'm thinking.
0: Oh yeah, they do. That's as a matter of fact. It's the exact same with the Gladiator. Is it's a they made the and Joe. I think you 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 know this. They made that Gladiator for uh, what's the dude that that uh, on the grind or whatever. What's his name? Oh, um damn, Bill. He works with Sheen now, or whatever, or they left Sheen, or something like that. Oh, or they left? Um, uh What's his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did so. They they got like a whole deal, or whatever, going on with that. And the Gladiator, it's just like it's it's the same. It's the same boat. It just has like all this bells and whistles, and whatever. You know what I'm saying?
2: So yeah. You know, hey, never um, be bashful to tell somebody what you got, man, because duck hunting can be so expensive. Oh yeah. I tell people. I started the game out. With absolute bare minimum. I had game winner decoys because I needed a full spread more than I needed a good spread. I'm just and saying, I, I saw them game winner,
0: uh, them game winner uh, wood ducks uh, academy. <laughs> they're pretty nice, man. Yeah, they they said
1: what was it the, the, the um what they put on, They put the they would the game winners. We we're talking about that.
2: Yeah, about they're this pretty point. nice.
1: Yeah, they they went to a u a UV decoy now. The yeah. UV foam.
2: The only problem with a cheap decoy is like it doesn't last. It depends. On, it all depends on how much you hunt, you know. Yeah, I would throw a game for the decoy out in my rice field and leave there all year because it, I don't need it to survive a boat ride. Yeah, I don't need it to survive, you know, 100 repacks in the duffel yeah. bag. What I know is, with,
1: with those cheaper decoys, the keels start to crack and break. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's
1: usually the person that goes.
2: Yeah, but they serve their purpose because they're for the guy who's getting ready to get in into waterfowl hunting and can't afford to do a thirty thousand dollar first year bill. Yeah. So yeah, it's always more jump. important to just get in the fight. You know, get your A7 yeah. and get some game one of D cars. Get all the, the bare necessities and then start working your way out and upgrading and yeah. stuff. Whereas the guy who shows up on his first hunt with a Benelli, don't get me wrong, I'm a Benelli guy, but they'll show up on their <laughs> first hunt and do two hunts a year and have a Benelli. You should have just got the Stoger. Yeah. yeah. Hey. He's doing two hunts what, a year. And then they eventually get a, Sto- a Benelli and then pass the Stoger to your son.
1: Yeah, I Yeah, I mean, like man, during teal season, I, I run the I run the lower, the cheaper decoys because you, you have buddies. You have these buddies that shoot my decoys all the time.
2: <laughs> that's where the life come in, man. That phone decoy decoys,
0: solid. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, but
0: I guess uh, one thing, one last question for uh, I had before we go, man. I, um, man, who came up with the that logo the 247 hunt with that dead duck man that like that, that has hit i think just the way that that has gone that, i mean with, with the young crowd even with, i mean i even look at it i'm like yo that, that's pretty nice like who came up with that
2: yo, did y'all see it on the wall over there in wopacican on instagram no yes I so did yeah duck really over cool.
1: there bro yeah but yeah uh, we it's have so it all pretty. over my house with with my kids and stuff
2: <laughs> right, you about to have yeah. some more, man. I'm gonna send some more for you, boy, man. But um,
1: oh yeah, really Renard, sure Renard has nice.
2: to take credit for it. Renard, Renard Yo. came up with it, um, but I think he he got it from Cause K A W S. Is mm-hmm. some popular artist. I looked them up. It's like three million followers, and basically they have these little creatures with X out eyes and. It's just super cool, and he got the duck like that. He actually has that tattoo on his arm. Nice. So if you go look up Cause on Instagram, you'll see that artist's work. And a lot of guys might think just a regular old duck, but like, nice. Nah, it comes from a legit artist. And what's crazy is you look...
0: Yeah, what's crazy as you look at it, I am going to cut you off, man, but what's crazy is you mm-hmm. look at it, and it's like, how something that simple can look that good? Because like, I looked at it, I was like, man, these these guys are selling like numbers like joey's uh joe's kids they got them all over his house i, I showed my son that he's like oh i want one of them shirts i was like you don't even know what that is like <laughs> he's like uh, <laughs> yeah i do he's like it's a nice shirt i was like but i mean it, it's crazy just the uh, something as simple how artistic it could be to other people and i, I even look at it I was like man that that's crazy because regardless everybody gets in uh whether you're waterfowl or not um you know people get into some type of logo or tries to come up with logos or whatever. And man, that that's something that, um, I actually looked at. I was like, man, these. I need to talk to the man who made that. He needs to make our logo next.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's a cause concept. Renard is really in the fashion. He's in the, he's into that whole, he's into a lot of different things, man. He, he really did bring a fresh perspective a fresh, everything. And, it, just, it was non-traditional, man. and it, it just worked, and right now we live in a time where being yourself is cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. In high school, being yourself wasn't cool. You had to wear what was in style, you had to do what was in style, you had to fall in that little theme or that you were an outsider. Right yeah, now, you know, yeah. military recruiting, I get to see what's going on out there. Anything mm-hmm. is in style, you wear it with confidence. And 24-7 shows up with whatever they feel is great, and they wear it with confidence. And it comes from several different backgrounds brought together. So it's just it's just fun, man. It really is fun. And the way it's bringing people together, the way it's changing things for a lot of people, the way it's, uh, you know, it's making hard conversations come up. And I feel yeah. like anytime there has to be big change, there has to be hard conversations. There may come a day where we're long gone and forgotten. But the work from it, the mark from it, the growth and evolution from it, it's going to change things. That took place in the NBA. That took place with Jackie Robinson in baseball. That took place with yeah. Colin Powell and everybody before him in the military. Yeah, There has to be hard conversations because before, the outdoor industry was a safe place for, for bad things. It's no longer a safe place for bad things and old views. Like it's it's a place where now you can't openly say out of line things. It's not acceptable yeah. anymore. So, yeah, and I'm big I'm, on that, and that's that's gonna change my son's life. You know, he don't have to worry about weird looks like I had to deal with. He don't have to worry about guys leaving the camp because he shows up no more. Any of that mess. Yeah,
0: that's history. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I mean I man I, honestly I love it man because it, it's bringing it's bringing these new kids into it. People who've never done it before that that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like. But it, it, I, I like the fact that you're bringing in a new younger crowd, a new generation, uh, into this lifestyle, and then you're hearing more and more kids, twenty four seven hunt, like twenty four seven hunt. My son and his buddies and stuff, and it's like, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, how can I say this, man? It, it's, uh, it's something that it, 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 we're seeing history in
2: the making. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, but, man. It's guys like your son. It's guys that that love that we receive, it gets us through all of the nasty stuff that we deal with because we deal yeah. with nasty stuff weekly. And bet, What man. motivates us, to, what what makes us push through is little pockets of guys that, that'll send that random text message saying, hey, you inspired me. Hey, you do this. Hey, you do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's like, all right, I can go two more weeks of this. I can go two more weeks of this. is always somebody having something to say.
4: Yeah. Now,
2: I want to leave everybody with this. Whether you are for social media and ambassadors and public land and post and strap it, whatever people's views are about public land hunting, whatever they are. If ours don't align with yours, great. Conservation's going to win in the end. We're bringing new hunters to it. New hunters, is, I mean, hunting's a fading thing, whether you see it or not, or yeah. if you believe it or not. But Conservation's going to win. More people that care about the duck is going to be better for the duck.
1: Oh, hey, I mean, think about just the duck stamps. More people we get buying duck stamps for ninety for the ninety-eight cents per to every dollar goes towards back to conservation. Just in duck stamps, it's going to bring millions of millions of dollars back to the conservation.
2: Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that that high, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so conservation actually, will win, bro.
0: Yeah, I, Sorry, did a, go
3: ahead. I did a project for school and in arkansas one like i think every day during the 60-day duck season the waterfowlers bring in like a million dollars of revenue to the uh to the state so you gotta think about how much that you know goes back into conservation and stuff too
2: <laughs> hey that's that's the third podcast we're going to talk about man is out of state lovers y'all got to me better man in these other states because you got to realize from an economy level, like waterfowlers, just what you say. Waterfowlers bring in, especially from that East Coast, they bring in dollars. Oh yeah, they uh, support freaking Arkansas. Yeah, it's and
1: a funny lot of those you guys. Say that, so but like, the
2: East we, Coast dudes, man. Like the Georgia oh, yeah,
1: boys
4: come over here. Yeah, all the I mean, time.
2: yeah. So that Carolina, Georgia area, that is the. Um, they're crazy about ducks, and the best duck destination is going to be in Venice, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And that's the closest truck drive for them. So that's why you get a lot of those Carolina boys, Georgia boys down in Venice and in, uh, in Arkansas. That's crazy, man.
0: So yeah. I guess before before we, and we got to get, man, that, that's a, that's definitely another conversation. That's our next podcast. That's our next podcast, and man. You know what? You're gonna you're gonna host the whole that whole podcast with us. <laughs> but but uh Joe, did you have anything before we go, man? No, nah, man, we appreciate you know coming on the show. Appreciate your service. Well, but before you I, I wanna see if Sharp had anything. Too. Oh no, no. I mean that's all from me. I mean, we Sharp, just appreciate you it. You got anything, man? I'm
3: good, man. Thank you. Uh thank you for coming on and keep being innovative, man. What y'all are doing is great. It's it's awesome yeah. to see.
0: All right, go
3: ahead, John. I didn't mean love. to cut
1: Thank you off. For man. an open mind. Thank yeah, you yeah. Love. yeah, yeah. i was gonna say, hey, man, I appreciate you know just with everything you guys do, and you especially in a world like now, with it it is now, man. Um, with your all music, it's you know it's stuff that we we can let our kids listen to, and like kids like mine, where sometimes duck hunting isn't as cool or whatever. You know, it brings you know you guys are bringing a positive light. To the, um, I mean, just for these young kids, you know, to stay in at duck hunting when you know, you know, you know, it's not always you know, the, people don't always view it as a cool thing to do nowadays. And with you know, being outdoors, but I mean, <coughs> you know, it, 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 it's cool to hear you know the kids play the music, where, where you know, wearing the shirts and all that, and you know, giving a positive light to um, the waterfowl community and just being outdoors. Man,
2: all gratitude, to all oh, gratitude. Yeah. I appreciate the love and support, and I appreciate your son and his friends, and just seeing them for seeing us for our passion, seeing us for for how crazy we're about ducks, man. It's everything to me. It's everything to my family, and my son, my guys. Means the world, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I again. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, they kind of they kind of hit it on the uh, nail on the head, but. Man, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. The the talk was amazing. Um, I will say that uh, Joe was saying that uh, he he mentioned how duck hunting I guess was cool back in the day, but I was that guy that was making fun of y'all. So um, <laughs> because I was a big I was a big game hunter, and I said I wasn't gonna blow on stuff because that's for you know what I mean. But anyways, I'm not gonna make it that type yeah. of show. But hey, um, hey man, I I really appreciate it. I, uh, I thank you again. If we could have you guys on again, ha- have the whole crew on, that'd be that'd be amazing. And then tell your boys, whoever wants to challenge me at that jerk rig, I'm here. My my forearms are, are ready. I'm just saying, my forearms are ready. Yes, <laughs> But Thank you, um. Man. <laughs> but uh like always uh like like always i want to thank violent honor outdoors for what they do for our service members veterans and first responders um thank everybody who's uh, been with us on this ride and uh we're we're still going so um if y'all want to hit up uh 24 7 outdoors and uh and ricky ricky you before i i go ahead and end this where, where can they see you on the instagram and facebook and stuff how can they hit you up
2: My Instagram handle is Ricky underscore eight underscore. And Mm -hmm. the group page is 24.7 hunt. And that's where we at, man. All season long, all year long.
0: And if y'all haven't checked them out, y'all got to check them out. The guys are hilarious. I mean, they're all about just having fun. The regular stand-up dudes, just like all of us. So Uh, check them out on their YouTube and Instagram. Um, But like always, y'all have a good one. And uh, let Valor not fail.